Hey, good morning, everyone. Another episode of The Daily Mind. It's your host. Uh, it's pretty early to be doing a podcast, but I figure while my wife's at work, get it out the way. So I spent a little bit of time with her. It's kind of like our anniversary weekend. So I'm trying to make a, a little bit of a elbow room for us. We both work, but you know, I'm off on weekends typically. So yeah, it's I'm um, just up early in the morning. I always seem to wake up early when I absolutely don't need to, but it's always a blessing just to wake up either way. Um, woke up to some really nice sunny weather, so that's always good. So yeah, I might as well just knock this episode out. Actually, um, this episode is going to be uh, a three-part little mini-series. Um, yesterday, I tried something a little bit different. I, um, I'm i trying to do like a, a weekly little news thingy. Um, I got a couple of plays off of that, at least. I said if I get a decent amount where I feel like it's warranted, then I will do it where I'll sit here, find random stories online, and just you know say my piece about it. Um, I think it's a pretty interesting idea. It's nothing new, of course, right? Everybody does it in some capacity, right? Radio shows and whatnot. But, you know, I wanted to try something, you know, my version of it, I guess, which is probably not that much different. But um, last week, I did mention I was going to do a somewhat a three-part um, little mini-series on uh, sitcoms, right? Because uh, rec- one of my recent episodes was about um Seinfeld in short and the impact it has today and how people view a lot of the content today and how it stacks up how it aged um again I say a lot of things didn't age very well but you know um we're kind of like this generation is kind of nitpicking at things that either they weren't even born around to see or you know don't understand at the time this is what it was right so you know it kind of gave me an, an idea and what I'm going to do today um we're going to have an episode well the way I'm going to do it is this. It's a three-part little small episode series um, going through, I think, where sitcoms tend to have peaked or came into light, which is the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, a lot of lot of critical, groundbreaking sitcoms have came out of those three eras alone, those three uh, decades, right? And, you know, that's where a lot of TV has changed. Uh, a lot of the taboos, um, a lot of um, lines that producers were very afraid to cross and writers were afraid to cross, they actually did it, right? So I'm going to start off with the 70s because <laughs> there's a lot of shows that I still watch to this day. I don't know. I, I am a creature of nostalgia, right? My dad will tell you I like to watch a lot of older shows. They just sit with me very well, I guess, right? The comedy was there. You know, there was no holds bar. You know, it was whatever, right? So we'll start off with the 70s, right? 1970s. Um, for those who have been around long enough, know the 1970s where a lot of groundbreaking sitcoms have came out. Um, and the spearhead behind a lot of these sitcoms, such as like Good Times, um, you know, the Jeffersons, All in the Family, uh, Sanford and Son, these, these critical groundbreaking, um, sitcoms, right? The man, the myth, the legend, Norman Lear is responsible for a lot of those shows. And I mean, he took a leap of faith with them because these were shows that was very difficult to discuss certain things, but was discussed in a way that I don't know, it didn't shock people too, too crazy, but it was enough to be like, Oh shit. You know, they said that on TV and stuff like that. So I'm going to just dip into it a little bit, right? I'm going to start off with all in the family. Um, if you know, it's one of Norman Lear's first works, um, it ran, it had a really good run. I'd say, um, well, it started in 1971 and went somewhat into the eighties. It was a spinoff Archie's place and stuff like that. But we're just going to stick with all in the family, now, all in the family, right? You know, 
um, the character Archie Bunker, right? You know, uh, blue collar. I mean, what you know, whatever collar you want to say he was, but he was he was a a cab driver, right? He was also a World War II vet. He was just so your know, everyday average Joe, just you know, working. You know, have a wife. You know, has a grown up uh, daughter and whatnot, right? Now Archie Bunker, right? That's showing all in the family. The show really revolved around him, and I guess a lot of what his uh, son-in-law and their, you know, their debates of sorts, right? Archie was very right-wing, and you know, um, the son-in-law was, you know, very liberal, right? In real life, Rob Ryan is also liberal too. You know, you know, his character Mike Stivic in the show is very liberal, um, but the show focused around a lot of um, topics of the time and a lot of content that was said and, you know, put into that show is somewhat controversial. And I'll tell you right now, it didn't age very well today. Like if that show came out today, it'd be, it, it won't be very well. Right. But, um, what it did was it, it introduced racism on TV fully, right. In a TV show, like these things were like, kind of like, Ooh, kind of like a fine line to address. Right. A lot of the language too, um, that was really, really prevalent at the time. You know what I mean? Coming out of the sixties where, um, Archie, the way he speaks and how he interacts with, uh, um, the Jeffersons in the show, right? Because the Jeffersons got its start on that show as well. Um, you know, one thing about Norman Lear shows, they, they kind of like, they took a show and it branched into these other shows and somehow they all into, they all, uh, kind of go with each other right but all in the family <laughs> for what it's worth was a fantastic show i'm sorry it was just groundbreaking it was great it was it was just taking a chance right and, and you know it was just so there right what i liked about the show though it was just archie's outburst uh just <laughs> he was short-tempered he had no patience for anything right i mean he is a lot of things he didn't quite understand in that show. I mean, he he was not a, a college graduate, right? He barely even made it out of school. Uh, World War II came around, he went and served his country, and that's it, right? He learned what he learned what he could learn out and about, and you know, um, it was just a lot of a lot of uh, new things added to this uh, time period. I they had an episode where Archie flushed the toilet, well, or there was a sound of a flushing toilet upstairs, and that somehow was controversial. Right. Because usually using the bathroom is something private. Right. That's a that's a moment. Right. It's like if you go back to uh, I Love Lucy or the Brady Munch, um, they they um, slept in separate beds. Right. It was never seen at that time. You know, it was it was kind of like um, it just wasn't a good look to see a couple in bed at the time. So they had separate beds. But we're not going back that far. But all in the family um, really set the catalyst was the catalyst for a lot of uh, a lot of content that Norman Lear put out. And it was absolutely a smash hit. And again, um, you know, how it would stack up today would be, oh, it won't stack up very well, right? I mean, we there's some controversial controversial things that were said in that show that if somebody watched it today, they'd be like, let's cancel that show. Well, you can't cancel a show that has finished almost 40 years ago, if not a little bit over 40 years ago, right? So, you know, that show, when it ended, um, right, it, 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 as the show went on, it went a little bit more tame. You know, it wasn't as crazy as those first few years. And it, it spun off a show, a short-lived Archie's Place or Bunker's Place or whatever it was called. I remember it was a, a, a spinoff. And, you know, it was nothing like All in the Family. And, and needless to say, it didn't last very long either. So other than that, um, yeah, it's just it, it was just the coming out. And then, you know, it intertwined. It helped spin off the Jeffersons, right? So the Jeffersons, right, in... um 
in that show, right? And all in the family, the Jeffersons were the neighbors, right? Lionel will come by the, to see Archie here and there. He was a good friend of Mike, right? And, you know, he would come by and the Jeffersons would intro, introduce <laughs> eventually, right? And what this did was it really put out there the, um, the, the, the race thing of the show, right? Because, I mean, George didn't really like white people too much. And, and Archie, well, you know, he obviously just... He was, you know, as you describe a wasp, right? He wasn't really keen to a lot of ethnicities. In other words, he was basically the white version of George. So, you know, these two would get together and it would just be, you know, boom, 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 boom. It was always a, a, some sort of tense moment. There was a couple of good moments. But the Jeffersons, right? So the Jeffersons, another uh, one of uh, Norman Lear's projects, he took from All in the Family and, you know, decided to move the Jeffersons to the uh, to the east side, Upper East Side. You know, they own the cleaners um, and they moved along there. And the dynamic of that show really moved away from All in the Family and went to just the Jeffersons, right? The Jeffersons. And then, of course, uh, you know, characters like the Willis's and and stuff like that, the, the Doorman and stuff like that, and Bentley. So, you know, the Jeffersons, whew, that was another coming out of age uh, TV show. Um, the language at the time was pretty colorful. In fact, George dropped the N-bomb on national TV. Now, that, right, if a sitcom came out dropping N-bombs like that today, Please believe it would be a problem. Well, back then, right, it was just, you know, like, holy, you know, holy shit, this man just dropped an N-bomb on TV. It was just like, whoa. Now, when you hear that today, it's still mind-blowing how that how colorful that language was back then because you don't really hear TV shows unless it's like cable, cable TV. We're talking like HBO, Netflix, stuff like that. But, you know, you know on regular TV, we're talking like CBS prime family time family stations right we're talking cbs that you heard this and you were just like whoa i mean that, that's crazy you know going back a little bit sanford and son was the same way another groundbreaking series right i don't think that was exactly a norman lear pro project i have to go back and check but i'll get to that show in a second but you know the jeffersons um lasted for about 10 years it ended in 1985 and it really, I don't know if it had a spinoff, right? But, you know, the main show itself was just really centered around George. And it, it, and it also was one of those shows that, that um, had a lot of controversial topics to talk about. You know, it was, it was topics that people were just too afraid to talk about, right? That just had to be like, this is really happening, right? Throw it in the spotlight, right? These, these things are real, right? So, you know... That's what I like about shows from the 70s was that they were just it, it made it made people aware. You know, this is real stuff that's happening. You know what I mean? This isn't just, you know, make believe, you know, and people really started seeing the plight in some of these shows and they and they related to them. And I think that's what made those shows extremely successful. Right. So, <clears throat> again, you know, the Jeffersons was one show. And then, like I just mentioned, uh, Sanford and Son, right? Ran for, I think, like five years, right? Uh, Sanford and Son was another one. If you know Red Fox, right? He had a pretty colorful uh, comedic timing and just language, right? If you listen to his LPs and records and stuff like that, or even if you were lucky or lived long enough to see his stand-up comedies in Chicago and whatnot, you know that Red Fox was no filtered comedian, right? But he kind of translated that into Sanford and Son, right? And kind of the same thing. And I'm not even going to explain the premise because you know Sanford and Son, right? And 
he said some pretty wildish things about a lot of ethnicities because one thing in San Francisco, he dealt with a lot of ethnicities. He dealt with um, Achu, the the, uh, the Japanese dude, right? He dealt with Julio, the Puerto Rican, and <laughs> he dealt with a lot of stuff and had some pretty colorful things to say about it. Now, but this is this was the time, right? This was it was a different time. Like you could get away with saying stuff like that, right? But like again it won't translate it doesn't age very well to this uh generation to this new age of um political correctness right political correctness was never really a thought in these shows right it was just like hey it was comedy it was whatever was going to get ratings right and it did just that and then um another show good times right good times um ran for from 1975 to i believe 79 right um, that was another show, Tackle, you know, the struggle in the projects, right? Um, the Evans, they lived in Cabrini Green. And if you know Cabrini Green or heard of it, it was probably one of the worst housing projects ever in the United States. I mean, ever. Just the, the stuff you read from that, it's amazing that anybody like uh, like Mr. T, who was born there, even survived that. I mean, you, you had to have been a, a particular strong-willed person to live through Cabrini Green houses. But anyway, I digress. So going back to the show of Good Times, it only lasted about four, almost five years, but it, it took on a lot of um, controversial things, right? I mean, we're talking poverty, racism, you know what I mean? That seemed to have been like the going theme for quite a bit of the shows was, you know, these hard-hitting everyday issues. But, you know, Good Times just revolved around this family just trying to make it, you know, trying to keep the head above water. And... You know, the show went on for a bit. It was a smash hit, you know. The show centered really around JJ. He pretty much stole the show. And, you know, everybody else kind of went along. And then James, right? Unfortunately, um, John Amos' character, uh, James Evans, was killed off the show after some disputes. But, you know, that show had some crazy behind-the-scenes stuff. But that's not what this episode's about. But it, it, it ended the show faster than what it needed to. But that show was also a catalyst for a lot of things, you know, it wasn't always just black and white. It wasn't always just a, a sitcom about a rich family, right? This was like one of the first where it dealt with someone who was poor, right? And again, it, it, Norman Lear is a fan. He's, he's a he's a fucking genius. He was a television genius. That man is still alive today at 100 years old. That man's a genius. He sat there and took a chance and was like, you know what? He invested a lot into black television, right? And it was something that nobody. Other producers and like didn't want to like get into like that. They were just like, I don't know. But normally I took that chance, right? Um, yeah. So you know, going you know, like that was uh, like a really really interesting decade for television. Like those three shows alone was basically seventies TV, right? But um, in other words, like a, like a lot of great TV came out of the seventies. I mean, you had Happy Days, right? Um, you had One Day at a Time. You had Maud. You had it all, man. Like, a lot of fantastic shows came out, and a lot of people became stars from these shows. And um, some of these shows were fortunate enough to carry on to the 80s, right? That would be for the next episode. We'll stick with the 70s, right? But, um, you know, TV's coming of age, I definitely have to say, was the 70s. Now, you may disagree with me, right? You might be like, well, what about the 50s and the 60s? Yes. I mean, television was novel. It was a novelty then. Things were just... You know, everything was black and white, quite literally, right? But um, like shows like The Honeymooners and stuff like that just were not groundbreaking. They were just new. They were just fresh, right? They didn't really tackle anything controversial, right? 
But that's where the 70s come in. Like like I said, all in the family, they really took a leap of faith and sat there and was like, we're going to just do this. And it worked, right? Um, let me see. Another show I think that was also groundbreaking that came to mind, um, Different Strokes. Okay, I got Different Strokes. Um, I have to double check and see if that was a Norman Lear production. But what Different Strokes did was take a, a, a white family adopting a black family I mean, uh, a couple of black kids from Harlem, right? Um, Arnold and Willis. And what that did was it 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 brought out, it kind of set the visual foundation for like, hey, man, you know, adoption, right? Foster kids, like living with different families, right? That that was, you know, that was different, right? It, it was just like, oh, you know, let's try this. And it worked, right? It worked. And it worked all the way until I believe the mid 80s um and that show also tackles some real shit and like if you know the infamous mr horton episode you know that show really really hit some nerves back then but what it did it made aware of um like sexual abuse among children um molestation and stuff like that because mr horton the bike guy was obviously a pedophile right pedophile like that's a term nobody really know what that is right that i don't even think the term was coined yet maybe it was i gotta do my research again i'm not a i'm not an encyclopedia but it was one of those things that was very very quiet back in the days and you know and for those who lived during the 60s 70s and 80s that had to endure that know very well it was just one of those things you didn't speak about it was one of those things that shunned you from your family it was it, it accused you of being a liar and all this other stuff that's kind of like one of the most controversial episodes I think of any television series of the of the eighties, right? But uh, different strokes definitely set the set that that um, that tone, right? Again, it was one of those seventies shows that that took it there. They went there, right? But there was always happy times with with um, stuff like that. But you know that show also tackled the you know the basic the racism, uh, the poverty and stuff like that. It did it all, right? Um, Again, but the 70s weren't always bleak. Again, there were a lot of good ha-ha-hee-hee shows like uh, Facts of Life. But even that show tackled a few things, right? It, it, it was, you know, again, every show that came out just about in the 70s tackled something crazy, right? Even Maud. Maud was the pre-show to um, Good Times. And that show even tackled racism, right? And, and to some degree or another. What I'm saying this is, in short, is that the 70s, was definitely one of the best decades of television. Because if it wasn't for 70s television and those sitcoms, a lot of stuff today, like you see now, things don't seem to be such taboo no more. It's just the way things are said in terms. But by them taking a chance in the 70s really helped a lot of shows bravely come out and discuss things that, well, people don't really talk about. That's what makes it taboo. So... Again, another show I think that would come to mind for this um, that I'd say was, I think I kind of hit it and nailed the most controversial, well, the most groundbreaking television shows of that time. But like I said, it was good shows. A lot of great shows came out of the 70s too. And I named just a handful to kind of give you an idea of that time, right? Again, cable television wasn't even like a thing either. That was just coming of age, uh, late 70s-ish, right? Depending on where you live. But a lot of these shows were on local networks, right? With such colorful language and writings and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, this this stuff was real on TV. And then, you know, for some people, believe it or not, uh, it was the first time they've seen black people on TV. 
that was also groundbreaking in itself. Like you've seen black people on television, you've seen Hispanic people on television. Once a blue Asian, right? If you watched um, Happy Days, at least the first few seasons, or San Francisco, right? Pat Morita played in both of those shows, right? So seeing an Asian on TV was just like, whoa, you know, anybody other than Bruce Lee, right? But Bruce Lee was in the movies. He wasn't on the small screen. Well, the Green Hornet, but that that, that shit don't count. Um, but yeah, like the, the 70s was coming of age. Um, definitely one of my favorite decades of television. Um, just because of the humor, the language coming out of Fred Sanford or James Evans or stuff like that, that to me was just, I, I crack up when I see these shows, especially Sanford says never a dull moment. Although there was a point where he wasn't in like almost damn near an entire season. I felt the show was a little empty, but that, that was because of some dispute and some beef behind the scenes with, you know, networks, you know how it is, you know, sitcoms, they have a lot of crazy stuff happening in the background, right? So it's never really <laughs> what you see, right? You know, you just get a, a image, but what it really happens is bonkers, right? But um, for those who do listen, right, and I'm getting few here and there, um, you know, what I'm going to do, actually, I'm going to create a separate email. I want to create a separate email for this show, just for this show. And I want like some legit emails, like, and, and it pertains to the show. Hell, I take whatever you got. You can um, some constructive criticism how I can make this show better. I'm just an amateur podcaster, right? I'm no, I'm no Joe Rogan, but also like um, the questions um, pertaining to each episode. I would like some feedback on it. You know what I mean? I would love the two cents and whatever helps to make this show better. That's all I'm really about. And I'm gonna create this email today, and I will. Um, advertise this email and i'd like to know what your thoughts is about tv shows sitcoms of the 70s right because they, they were just absolutely hilarious right and then i was i want your opinion see how they hold up to you how does these um sitcoms still hold today right do they really hold up today is it really as offense like again this generation just digs deep and go back in time to dig up the worst of what may have happened in television or any media before they were even born. It shouldn't pertain to you, but you know, you should go back, this generation should go back and do some research and see how things were so different before they came along because they were, right? It was just what it was for the time. Again, it's like um, the old school um, cartoons, right? The old Warner Brothers, Fleischer Studio cartoons. Um, yeah, my, my very racist, mildly, not even mildly racist. They were just like, oh man, they were very stereotypical, right? I wouldn't say racist, I guess they kind of fall in line, but they were very stereotypical, right? So, you know, we can look back at these things and be like, you know, we could come to an understanding where this was the norm back then, but it's not really accepted now, right? And you could come to terms with this without trying to cancel everything in the goddamn world that has just happened years ago. You understand what I'm saying? They, they put disclaimers on these things now. If you watch uh, those old school uh, episodes, you know, they put disclaimers for a reason, right? So, so, so that you understand that this was the time. This is not what it is now. It doesn't represent today. It represents yesteryear, right? So, um, yeah. So tomorrow's episode, I'm going to dig a little bit into the 80s. Now, the 80s, right? Um, television was very campy. Some Some people would say it was cheesy. But it was also one of those things, one of those times that also hit some real topics, right? Real stuff, right? Um, 
and again, I, I, the eighties is my favorite decade altogether, right? All together. And there was, so there's some shows, right? And there's some shows from the eighties that went into the nineties. Again, this is a three parts, a three part episode, right? Um, sitcom, this was sitcom of the seventies. Tomorrow will be sitcom of the eighties, right? Well, again, we'll dig into the eighties, find out what, what, what shows were the best, how did they change media, right? Cause there, there are some 80 shows that has changed, um, what it is today right um so yeah so that we'll do that tomorrow and I, I do appreciate you listening at least taking a little bit of time we dig into the 70s a little bit and again i'm going to create an email separately for this show because i really don't want to crowd um my busy email right with a lot of feedback that i may get from you guys right and i'm really hoping for that feedback again it could be about the show it could be about the episode it could be about me what i can do different if i'm doing okay i want to know because you know what makes an what makes a show is literally the audience right and again i look at the, the demographics right i look at the numbers and i'm liking the numbers you know what i mean these last few episodes have been a little weird but i have noticed that the number one episode <laughs> that i have on my top 10 it was the interracial relationships, which I, I find that to be pretty interesting. You know what I mean? Um, and then I guess I will say my top three is interracial relationships, the Columbus Day versus Indigenous Day, and the new hotel experience. Now, the new hotel experience was was what it was. I didn't think it would be that uh, popular or to have that many plays. But, yeah, it, it was a very interesting day when I went to that hotel, to say the least. Um, again, so I'm, I'm looking at the analytics, and I'm liking this. I even, believe it or not, got someone um, – I got a listener from India. Yeah, India. I was like, really? India? That, that, that's crazy, right? Like, again, um, 81% of my numbers is in the United States. 14% is in Ireland. 3% in Germany. And that 1% India. I don't know who you are in India that took the time and somehow found my show. But thank you. Because that blew, that raised my eyebrows quite a bit yesterday when I looked at the analytics because I check them every day. And I'm just like, What? India? No way, right? But again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to spread out. Most of my listeners, it looks like here, is on Spotify, right? So um, just trying to push that out there, you know, spread the word. Um, let them know about the show. And again, I would like some feedback. I will create this email and um, I, would, I would put the email out there tomorrow's episode. Okay, so again, tomorrow's episode is the 80s. And then followed by the 90s. And then I'm not really going to get too much into the 2000s because there really wasn't a lot of, at least I think, not a lot of, uh, whatchamacallit, really good. I mean, there was plenty of sitcoms, right? Plenty. But let's let's be real. It's nothing like the 70s, 80s, and 90s, which is why I specifically am tackling those three decades alone because they, every each one of those decades had some groundbreaking material, right? Groundbreaking material. So... <clears throat> Yeah. So, um, again, I do appreciate you guys listening on this Saturday, beautiful Saturday morning, depending on where you are. Um, I just will leave it with this, right? Um, just, just don't drag the past, right? I mean, listen, we all have done some dumb things in the past that we thought was a good idea. And again, a lot of those sitcoms thought like, yeah, this was a good idea. And a lot of those, uh, stereotypical cartoons, they just thought it was a good idea at the time. Maybe people laugh, but you got to leave past in the past, learn from the past and, apply that to future applications, right? Because again, you're never going to learn history. Well, I mean, history is always bound to repeat itself, right? But you got to find ways to prevent that, right? But dragging the past 
is not going to help you, but learning about it will. All right, so I'll leave it with that. So again, you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I'm going to go ahead and clean my house for a bit. I got the house for solo, so I might as well do something with it, go out for a little bit, maybe even clean my car. I don't know. I'll, I'll make my day as plentiful as possible, and I hope that you do the same. Uh, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode and the new email that I'll drop, and you know that way you guys can you know put your two cents into the show. Whatever the case is, I am looking forward to hearing what you people have to say because it matters. It matters for the show. And it matters to you too, man. Everybody has um, that um, that right to a good show, right? All right. So, hey, I'm going to leave it with you. Thanks for listening to The Daily Mind, another episode down. We're almost close to season two. And um, we'll see where the show goes, all right? Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And we will do this again tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>